welcome to Education Honestly. I'm Shanna. And I'm Claire. We are so privileged to have a guest with us today. Our guest is Jay Miller. He is a speech and language uh, voice coach, sorry, based in Toronto. He has a passion for helping people uh, become more effective community communications. I'm very blah, blah, blah this morning. Sorry, guys. I clearly need Jay's help. Um, Jay focuses on assisting personal and corporate clients. He is one of Canada's finest voice and speech coaches. Uh, check him out at www.voiceandspeech.com. Good morning, Jay. Welcome to our podcast. Morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for inviting me. We're thrilled that you're here. So I'm going to get started with the number one question we're hearing from our colleagues, and that is, how do we speak through a mask effectively? Yeah, that's something we never had to worry about a year ago, isn't it? No, and it's, it's definitely creating a lot of worries and confusions and what do we choose as a, the right mask. And yeah, a lot of it is coming down to, yeah, how do we work with a mask? Right. Okay. So let's keep, let's start by uh, keeping one thing in mind that when we're communicating, I think there are always three big things we're concerned with. One of them is clarity. Can we be understood? The second one is credibility. Are we believable? Uh, will, will people trust what we have to say? And the third one is confidence. I think most teachers are probably okay in the confidence and credibility department. So I think in this discussion, we'll probably focus mostly on the clarity part. So when you have a mask on, you have to remember that projection is going to be affected. So it, the speech is going to be a bit more muffled. The voice will sound a little smaller than what it might typically sound. Uh, and clarity will be affected because pronunciation um, will be affected with the mask in front of your face. So I think the first thing that we need to do is just to make sure that we're projecting well and that's not going to be a matter of raising your voice and trying harder and pushing more. Oh, that's You'll, surprising. Okay. That's what the average person would do, right? Just quote unquote, speak up. Well, I know and, I've done that. Yesterday I went for a coffee and, you know, the coffee shop owner had all his tables removed. So there were a lot of acoustical sounds going around. And that's exactly what I noticed. I did. I actually started speaking louder. Right. Okay. And of course, that's that can't be sustained. Your voice is just going to get tired after yeah. 15, 20, 30 minutes of doing that. So we need to find a way to project our voice that doesn't involve working harder and pushing more. Okay. And the thing to do is to add a little more brightness to the tone of your voice. Brightness? What does that mean? Exactly. So in terms of in, in voice training, we talk about resonance and resonance has to do with how the sound is vibrating in your body and, and where it's vibrating in your body. And so a sound like this has a lot of what I sort of call torso resonance, chest sound vibrating in the chest and the sides and in the back. And that gives you this sort of warm, round, rich quality to the voice. But then we have face and skull resonance 
which tends to be a lot brighter. So you get more of this kind of quality in the voice. Okay. And the advantage of that kind of resonance is that it produces to this energized sound that penetrates and cuts through competing noise without being loud. So how did you do that? How did you create that resonance with your body? And then how did you create that resonance with your face? How, how did you do that? <laughs> 20 years of practice. <laughs> Sorry, that's not very helpful, is it? <laughs> hey, well, maybe we could get our crash course today. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, if you put your fingers on your larynx, or okay. right on, on your Adam's apple, and you just, let's just try a sound like, way, just do that. Way. Now you can feel the sound vibrations under your fingers, right? Yes. Right. If you couldn't hear, you'd still know you were making a sound because you can feel that vibration. All right. Now let's try another easy one. Let's go to our nose. Put your fingers on your nose and, and just make an M sound like in Mary. Mm. And you feel sound vibrating in your nose. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, let's try the top of the head. Put your fingers on the top of your head. Okay. Mm, same thing. For our audience out there who can't see, our hands are kind of like in a claw shape and just resting on our skull. Yeah, finger fingertips on the top of the head. There we go. I feel like those claw games where like you pick up the toy. So I'm yeah. just picking my head up with the toy machine, right? <laughs> so what's the sound here? And another M sound like in Mary. Mm. I can oh feel a little bit. The top of, of your head vibrating. Okay. Yeah. So we want to enhance those vibrations. And, and so if, if you talk in a slightly higher pitch than what you usually do, that will often help activate those vibrations. Or maybe the simple thing would be just to give yourself permission to be nasal, right? Add, add a lot of this quantity to your voice. And oh my goodness, that's, that's so going to produce that sort of bright, edgy sound that will cut through, will we'll penetrate the, the barrier of the mask without wearing your voice out. So what we're going to have to do is spend our whole day talking <laughs> like this. Now you sound like a cartoon character. Thank you. But, you know, <laughs> we, exa we exaggerate it to practice. Absolutely. But once you know that feeling, you can sort of dial it up or dial it down to the point where you're effective without it being crazy. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. Okay. So Remember, we're not trying to be pretty right now. We're trying to be clear. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Just, tell, how will this make our voice clear? Well, I'm talking about people literally being able to hear you and understand what you're saying. Right. Okay. And our voices won't get tired by speaking in a different way? Uh, not if you're doing it in a relaxed way. Now, if, if I'm like doing this or something, you know, tensing up my throat, no, that's not going to last. So how do you be relaxed as you are speaking through a mask, like something foreign, something new? How do you stay, how do you stay relaxed? Well, let's back it up a few steps. There okay. are three skill sets that you're always, you always have to work with when you're trying to find your optimal voice. One of them is relaxation. Because okay. muscle tension will always make your voice smaller. It will always make you prone to speaking faster. It will wear your voice out quicker. Relaxation is a big part of finding your whole voice. Okay. In, in fact, relaxation in your whole body, not just your throat or your mouth or your jaw or things like that. Wow. Second thing is breathing. 
because the human voice is a wind instrument. It's powered by breath. And so when you need more voice, you need to learn to work more effectively with your breath. Everybody knows that in their head, right? But few people know how it feels to employ that when they speak. Yeah. And then, and then that third thing is resonance that we were talking about. Resonance has to do with how you amplify your voice without shouting and how you give it fullness and richness without feeling like you're putting on a fake voice that isn't you. So whenever we go to work with our voice, no matter what we're trying to accomplish, we've got to deal with those three things, relaxation, breathing, resonance. Oh, wow. Okay. So, <clears throat> sorry, now I forgot your question. Well, so that, how is that going to help us? have or save our voices from voice fatigue but it's the relaxation right it's it's the i guess it's the art of slowing down um breathing and then what we just learned from you those resonance points getting you know our head to resonate our throat our nose that's right right? that's right wow so it's your your voice if you want to if you want to keep your voice healthy you've got to learn how to let breath do the work. And most people are using too many muscles to do the work. Wow, that's something you totally aren't conscious of when you're you're speaking. That's right. I was just thinking about that the other week when I was recording a YouTube video that most people are thinking about thoughts and words and language, right? They're not thinking about breath and so that's it really is a shift in awareness that is necessary to start uh, working effectively with those kinds of skills and you don't pick it up in a week yeah so can you, definitely be mindful of yeah and i guess my question is is what does thinking about your breath sound like like what what, what are your internal thoughts when you're thinking about your breath jay I would say this, that when it comes to breathing, you have to focus on two things, how you get breath into your body. That's the first challenge. And most people kind of expect that challenge. And then the next challenge is how do you use that breath to speak, right? How's the breath coming out while I'm speaking? Yeah. So, um, you know, for someone who hasn't had a lot of training, I would simply say, Focus on taking mouth breaths rather than nose breaths and taking longer, more relaxed in breaths. So take more time to inhale. I'm not talking about quantity. I'm talking about just the time it takes to breathe in. Most people are just grabbing these these quick, shallow, tense breaths when they speak. And if you just give yourself time to sort of invite that breath into your body instead of yanking it into your body and lots of things will start to change great interesting wow it's so much to think about okay i have another question for you it's been something that i've been thinking about a lot and i know some of my colleagues and i've been talking about it what type of mask would you choose if you had a choice would it be cloth an n95 a shield instead of a mask um, a disposable which one would work best do you think i i want the one that was least uh obstructive or intrusive if I had a choice. So least intrusive would probably just be a face shield, right? So how do you know that a mask is intrusive? What makes it intrusive? If if you feel it affecting your breathing and if you feel it affecting your pronunciation. So I typically wear 
uh, paper, disposable, what do they call it? Paper masks, sort of. There's those disposable things you buy. Uh, because I, I don't, I don't teach with a mask on because these days I'm working with Zoom. Right? Yeah. So, but when I go out, I'm wearing a disposable mask. Well, what I notice about that right away is that it lays right against my mouth. So, you know, it's, it's interfering with the movement of my lips. Every time I inhale, it sucks back into my nose and my mouth. And after a while, that just gets, that makes me a little crazy. So if I was wearing a mask all day, you know, I'd want something a little more that would keep away from my lips and my nose a little bit more. So the N95, if I had access to it, I think would accomplish that. So in order of least intrusive, I would say face shield, if I could, N95 next, and then eh, cloth and disposable masks sort of at the bottom of, of the list. Really? Because most people are grabbing cloth masks. Mm -hmm. And you, and you know what? <laughs> it's, it's your voice. So if, if that works well for you, I'd be the last person to argue. So yeah. I can only speak from my own experience uh, that if I was speaking a lot all day long, I'd want something that would just stay away from my lips and my nose and allow me to breathe as easily as possible and okay. interfere with my pronunciation as little as possible. So I think, you know, one of the things, again, that's coming to my mind for myself is I had my mask on yesterday. I was out and about and I, a, I never noticed the sucking back. But now that you mention it, I'm like, you're right. The fabric was coming back and it started to make me feel lightheaded. Mm. And so now, yeah, thinking about going back into the school year, I think you're right, Jay. I think it's about experimenting with a mask that feels comfortable, but that definitely has that room between my lips and whatever material it is that's mm -hmm. going to be key is getting something with um with space in between i never right. thought about that it's, in, in an ideal world right, right. so i'm, not, I'm not sure what teachers are going to have available to we them. don't know either uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll find out i, I won't go there <laughs> yeah no we won't either now, you know that but, thing about getting dizzy was interesting it, it makes me wonder whether you know, with a mask in front of your face, some of the exhale gets trapped between mm -hmm. your face and the mask instead of yeah. sort of dissipating right away. And so you're actually breathing in some of the breath that you just exhaled. Correct. Which under normal circumstances is fine. I mean, that's why CPR works, right? We don't use up all of the oxygen uh, in our breath. But, you know, that, if that carbon dioxide is sort of collecting in front of your face and you keep breathing it in repeatedly, I wouldn't be surprised, especially if you were taking quick, shallow breaths. I wouldn't be surprised if it started making you dizzy after a while. Wow. That makes so much sense. That explains a lot of how I'm feeling, especially with the heat this summer. I've been feeling very humid in my face and that yeah. yeah and I'm not a big fan of wearing a mask to begin with I'll be honest but I know it's part of life now and so yeah. it's that that's something I've really got to think about now wow thank you yeah so again I think we need to pay attention to the quality of our in-breath because if if there's an obstruction there then breathing in a little more taking longer to breathe in will actually help alleviate some of that tendency for the mask to suck in against your face and um yeah wow 
But Jake, if you breathe I in quick, then about... it's just going to suck right back on, right? Yeah. Right. Go ahead. So I have a question about children that have hearing impairments and the teachers who wear microphones in order to communicate effectively with those students. Um, what suggestions would you make towards using a microphone with a mask on? Well, my, my first thought would be, you know, I haven't even tried it yet. So keeping in mind that 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 muffling effect is going to be there, but that might, but a microphone might actually be a great way to alleviate that effect. So uh, I assume that the microphone, is it a handheld? Is it oh, a headset? It depends on uh, the teachers. Most of them have, um, they're called um, AM, AM systems. AM systems, yeah. Or people might have the the voice box or the telephone. In preparation for our interview today, Shanna and I did start playing around with a telephone and a mask. Um, and what did you notice, Shanna, when I had it on on different parts of like? Well, then the it was exactly it. It was the placement of the actual microphone around her face that had the best sound. Um, I found that the sound was best under her chin but I can't imagine that would be the same for everybody. And I mean, it all depends on what equipment you have available to you. Exactly, yeah. So my first thought when you brought up the question was, you gotta prepare. Yeah. Right? And so that's exactly what I think everyone's gonna have to do because we don't know what mic's being used. We don't know what kind of face protection is being used. So, you got to work with it ahead of time and figure it out. You can't just wait until you're on uh, and hope that everything's going to work. So it's what I tell every speaker. You know, someone asked me for tips on public speaking. The first thing I say is prepare, 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 prepare. And so the same thing would apply in this situation. Work it out ahead of time. Wow. Okay. So one of the other things that we have noticed or we were talk, uh, has come up in discussion is um, any tips for reading to students? We spend loads of times um, reading to students and so much of our reading is visually expressive. And with a mask, we, that a lot of that is lost. So what sort right. of tips would you give us to convey the message still? Um, I get just the whole maintaining our voice during that time and any tips or tricks that you have for us, please. Mm, all right. The things, the things that come to mind right off the top of my head would be, again, don't push, don't work harder. Think of allowing the right thing to happen rather than forcing the right thing to happen. You're, uh, I think maybe also enunciation is going to become way more important. So become yeah. more articulate than you typically are. And if you have to practice doing that, then, then do that. Another thing would be just that maybe you need to experiment with being more expressive with your voice since you're robbed of facial expressions when you have a mask on. Not totally, but at least 50% of your expressions are covered up. Yeah. So maybe using more vocal variety would help to compensate for that. So Claire, can you use your cartoon voice? I was going to say, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to uh, start practicing cartoon voices and throwing my voice and a whole bunch of other different uh, things in order to reach our kids in creative ways. 
Absolutely. So you have to accentuate, maybe use a bit of drama, and maybe add in some extra uh, characters some way. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess going back to what you said earlier, I think about, you know, relaxation, breathing and resonance. One of the things that I keep going back to is that relaxation, reading slowly, taking our time, um, really creating characters with our voice. Is that roughly the synopsis, Jay? Yeah. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned slowly because I should have, I should have said that. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, we can't thank you enough, Jay, for helping us out today and answering all of our questions. If people are looking for more tips and tricks, where can they find you? Uh, my website is uh, voiceandspeech.com, voiceandspeech, all spelled out one word, dot com. And my YouTube channel is, again, voiceandspeech, all one word. That's great. And we'll put uh, Jay Miller's YouTube channel in our show notes as well. Thanks for joining us on Education Honestly. And remember to hit the subscribe button. And uh, thank you again so much. And until next time. Until next time.